Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in to the Crimson Flow Biblecast podcast. I hope this podcast blesses you like it has me by reading the Word of God. So don't forget to share with your family and friends. Thank you all, and God bless you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Crimson Flow Biblecast. I'm your host, Nathan, and today we are going to continue with our second part to the Proverbs 13. Yeah, um, it's actually kind of a short chapter, but I didn't realize how meaty, so to speak, it was. So we should get through this today very easily with a 15-minute episode. So let's go ahead and get to it and see how it goes. All right, we start in verse 11, okay? And it says, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Well, let's let's kind of break that part down and just for a second and just say this. Wealth gotten by vanity. I, I'm assuming that means by the opposite of what the next part says. It says, He that gathereth by labor shall increase. So I'm, I'm guessing that the, the vanity is like... Um, you try to make money with as little work as possible. Like, not necessarily the whole work a smarter, not harder concept, but just simply that you are literally trying to do as little as possible for the amount of money that you are getting. So, with that being said, let's continue and go to verse uh, 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. That goes along with the uh, the end times. You know, he says, uh, it says, um, whoso despises the word, talking about the word of God, this book right here, and it says, uh, if you despise it, you will be destroyed. End of conversation. But in that next part where it says, fear the commandment. Now, it's not saying you look at the Ten Commandments on the wall and you're like, I don't want to see them. I'm so scared. No, it does not mean that at all. It is a respectable fear. Back then, they used the word fear in a different way that we use fear now. Fear now, is to us, is scared. Back then, fear was, was, it was a respectable scared. Like, you... You didn't want to cross that line because you knew the repercussions. And with repercussions these days not being very hard at all. I mean, you see prisons where, well, I mean, I'll just explain it this way. I seen a picture of Ted Bundy's last meal, and he got, and he didn't actually even want a special last meal. He just took the regular last meal of the inmates there before he was executed, and he literally got steak, eggs, toast, and all this other stuff, and I'm like, they get that in prison for high-profile victims? Like, where is the punishment, okay? Like, yeah, I get it. Some people just make bad decisions. But maybe if we increase the punishment, they wouldn't make those bad decisions. But I don't want to get political, okay? Let's, let's just get back to the Bible. We are talking about the Bible here, okay? But it's a respectable fear. Like, we know the repercussions. We know what, what would happen, what, what the... Um, the punishment is for breaking those rules, so we have a respectable fear of the law. Okay, now let's keep on going. And it says, The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Okay, that basically is just saying, if you are a wise person, you are spewing out all this wisdom 
even if you don't even realize it, and people are picking it up, they're learning it off of you, and and you are like a essentially a fountain of life. The the people that pick up off the you and you they get that wisdom from you. It, it's like a another tree of life that they're getting from. Of course, we all know that if you are a wise person, you are getting from the tree of life, which to me is Jesus. And when I say tree of life, I mean like the original source of wisdom. All right, so I feel like the next verse is going to have something opposite of that because it says, Good understanding giveth favor by the way of transgressors is hard. So that wasn't the opposite. It's just kind of also going into the traits and stuff. And it says, Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. Hmm. Well, there you go. And it says, A wicked... A wicked, a wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Okay? Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. Okay, there you go. I mean, what do we see today? We see so many people, and what I'm about to say is not really... Okay, well, it's, it's really bold in what I'm going to say. But you see a lot of people these days, they... Don't make it anywhere in life. They don't make it up the ranks in their job. They get fired after every few days at a different job. I blame that to the fact that they refused instruction. Whether it be the fact that they refused instruction at their job or they refused instruction from their parents, whether they had just one or two or maybe neither one, but somebody in their life has gave them guidance of some sort and because they were so mad at life, they refused it. And then obviously look what happens. It leads to poverty and shame. We see so many people on the unemployment record these days because... They just don't want to work because they've been fired from every job that they've ever been on because they can't deal with the people around them. They've refused the instruction on manners, on biblical instructions on how to turn the cheek, how to be calm and peaceful around people. You know, it seems like everything's got them up in a tightwad situation. Like they can't take somebody that's got to make a weird comment to them or even a, a you know just maybe in a in, small insult they can't just turn their cheek from it they got to say something back adding fuel to the fire like I mentioned the other day and that's just not the way to go they refuse that instruction that the Bible gives about how to act around people I mean this is a literal instruction manual for life and people tend to ignore it so but what does that lead to poverty and shame and it says but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored Obviously, that kind of goes along with what I said. And he said, uh, The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to the fools to depart from evil. All right, let's think about what that part means. It is an abomination to, de- to fools to depart from evil. So fools don't want to uh, depart from evil. It's like they take the word of God and they reject it. The Bible says... A fool believes that there is no God. So it is a fool to turn away from God, to depart from evil. And there's honestly a lot that goes along with that because 
to believe is not just enough, but you have to accept, fulfill, and be born again. That's that's the whole picture. A lot of people think, well, I can just call upon his name. But when Jesus was here, he told some of the Pharisees, he said, you say you know me, but your hearts are far from me. We need to have Jesus in our hearts, not just in our minds. So that's another important information bit I can give you. And it says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Obviously, evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. And in the fact that they didn't use commas back then, I have to reread this and kind of explain to those that may not know what it exactly means. It says, Evil pursueth sinners. Okay, so evil, the spirits of evil, will try to drag these sinners down, convince them to commit more and more. And when it says sinners here in this context, it's not meaning Jesus believers, because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But but what it's meaning here is people that just haven't even confessed, haven't even repented, haven't even looked toward God and said, I'm sorry, I want you to take over, you know. So here it says, evil pursueth those, but to the righteous, good shall be repaid. So good shall be repaid to you. And by good, it's meaning your needs, some of the desires of your heart, as long as it's according to God's will, and that's basically what it's adding up to. Okay? All right, next verse says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So in other words... If you want to be a good man, you got to leave something for your grandkids. I mean, that's what it says right here. And it says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So eventually the good people will eventually get the money that the sinner, or the wealth, I should say, not the money. Because wealth is is everything more than just money, okay? Wealth is not just money. It is something that... Money is a factor in it, but it's also property and everything else, okay? But eventually, it will become in the hands of a just person, because that's what the Bible says here. It says, much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The righteous eateth to the satisfying of the soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. Okay, I think I've said this many, many, many times. Uh, that last part really hits because it says the righteous casteth, or the casteth, I think I did that twice. The righteous eateth to the satisfaction of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. What is one of the seven deadly sins? And of course, the Bible never really talks about the seven deadly sins specifically. It doesn't like have them in list form. But if you think about them, one of them is gluttony. Now, what is gluttony? Gluttony to me is like, say you're at a family dinner. You know that there's barely enough food there to feed everybody. There's enough and it will feed everybody. But you feel like you've got to have that second or third plate. That's gluttony. And it's not just with food, though. It's with you take more money than what you need. You take more of this. And it's not necessarily greed because you're not stealing from people to get it. You're not cheating people out of it. Of course, it kind of goes along with greed. But 
It's more of it's there for the taking. You just take more of it than what you you need. Okay, and that's why right here it says the righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul. So as soon as you are satisfied, you should leave the rest for everybody else. Okay. And then it said, he, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times. Basically what that means is if you don't punish your kids because they done wrong, whatever that punishment may be, whatever punishment you as a parent choose, because I can't tell you what to do as a parent, but if you don't punish them and discipline them, in a sense, you don't love them. Because that means you care so little about their future. You are going to let them do what they want, get by with what they want so they can get away or think they can get away with whatever they want, whatever crime that may be in the future. Okay? Yes, those are harsh words coming out of my mouth right now. I know that. And I'm not saying that you don't love your kid, but you should love them enough to love their future too. You... Don't love your kids for the 18 years that they live in your house. You love them for the rest of your life. Otherwise, to you, they are just a responsibility. Think about that one. Well, that's the end of this chapter. I hope I didn't make all of you mad at me when I said what I did, but I felt like it needed to be said. All right, so uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Don't forget to share rate review all this other good stuff uh share share it with your family friends all the other good people that's out there and just want to say god bless y'all and until next time